This radio program is PG-13. Parents strongly caution some material may be inappropriate for children under the age of 13. Send me Jesus' mission was to comfort those who mourn, bind up the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to captives, and open prison doors for those who are bound. For those who want more than status quo Christianity has to offer, Blazing Grace Radio begins now. And here is your host, Mike Janung. Hey, Mike Janung here, and welcome back to Blazing Grace Radio. Thank you for joining us. And we are a church at war. The time we live in, it's getting darker. You can see the moral depravity all around us. The sexual sin has become widespread in and outside of the church. And today we're going to be talking to somebody whose place of business is right smack in the middle of Sodom. So Alyssa Plummer is the station manager of KKVV in Las Vegas. And Alyssa, my friend, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. So let's get started so that our listeners understand where you are. Describe for us the buildings and the businesses that are around your radio station. Well, right next door, we have um, a strip joint um, for dancers, exotic dancers, called Eve. Uh, and um, there's several of these locations that are up and down this street that I am on. And we actually, um, it is Las Vegas, Nevada, but it, they call it paradise. And um, the jurisdiction is a little bit different than the, the surrounding areas. And the reason why is because they wanted the laws to be different in this particular area so that um, the women have more freedom to um, have uh to get paid to dance and to have uh, sex with with gentlemen um, without it being considered uh, uh, against the law. And do I remember right that in Las Vegas, the city itself, the prostitution is illegal, yet there's still an estimated two to 3,000 prostitutes active at any time in the city? Well, it, in the state, uh, I'm sorry, in the city of Las Vegas and Henderson and Summerlin and all of the surrounding cities, it is illegal. But the the amount of uh, prostitution is just, I, I don't know the number, but it is a lot. But I can tell you on this particular street, which is called Paradise, it is legal. Mm. And so when these guys are going to a strip bar, they're just not watching. They're doing a lot more than that, it sounds like. Uh, yes. Yes, for sure. Yes, and they're, so they're trying to make it um, so that they, they could have chicken ranches right here, um, right next to Las Vegas Boulevard, the Strip, um, and so they can freely come and go and, and pick up prostitutes without being arrested for it. Did you say chicken ranch? Yeah, it's called a chicken ranch, um, but it's basically a brothel. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> and, but yeah, I hadn't heard that one before. 
called a chicken ranch, but it's a brothel. <laughs> well, when I was there, I also noticed there were other businesses. I think I remember right there was a erotic museum nearby and nude yoga yeah. and other things like that. Yeah, I think that the the erotic museum is a little bit more. Uh, you can see things on the outside of it as it's not, you know, I have to like make sure I don't go past that because you see naked men, you see naked women, um, and they, they're not really hiding it like the other places. Like um, the picture that I sent to you, the one that says it's got thousands of beautiful girls and three ugly ones, that doesn't have any pictures of naked women or naked men. But, it, I mean, that place, it it, it, it does, so... You mean there's pictures publicly visible? Is that what you mean? Oh yeah. Oh yes. So the, the the men like the men are completely naked and they're covering their private area, and so are the women. They're completely naked and they're covering their private areas, but they're right there. Um, they're on the billboard right there. They're on the walls, and um, and it has some not so nice stuff uh, written on the side. You know. Um, it, it talks about uh, sex chairs and, um, it's, it's just not, uh, definitely not kid friendly or, or, um, really anybody friendly, but, <laughs> um, it's, it's, uh, pretty outspoken if you ask me. Speaking of outspoken, tell us mm-hmm. what that sign said that in the picture you texted me, texted me. So, yeah, that's little darlings. That's a little bit down further on the street, but, um, that one, I was just, blown away by the the bill it's like a uh it has a heart a broken heart and it says destroying marriages for 30 years and i was just i cried i started crying i was like really like how could you just be so happy that you're destroying marriages in people's lives it just blew me away and they're proud of it and in this particular sign the things that they, that's one of the signs I do have to make sure, try and make sure my son doesn't see it. But we have to drive by it every single day. And it's right there um, so high that when you're driving down the, the uh, freeway, you can definitely see it. Everybody can see it. Um, but, I, I mean, it has women that has sex toys on there, and it has, they, they put all of these very inappropriate comments on there. And that particular one, I had to stop and take a picture of it and send it to you because I know that um, it's just sad that they, they're they're advertising this, and pe- people need to get up and say something like, "How can you how can you be okay with that?" So, are people standing up and saying anything here? No, that this is like there's. There's pictures of naked women on the ground everywhere we go, especially on the strip. If you go down the strip, there's there's just uh, it's like this thing out here. It's like people ha- come out here to um, experience the the sex industry, and um, they have what's called the blue the I'm sorry the green door and the red door that is over off of Sahara. And these are um, places for you to come have a sexual encounter with um, multiple people. They have um, different things going on in there where you could just have sex in any room and and, and have multiple partners um, out in the open. So it's like a sexual encounter. Uh, 
and the, this is this isn't in this city. This isn't frowned upon. It's welcomed. You know, I asked you if people are saying anything. Are churches talking openly about sexual issues? Because, for one, I know in my own background, I went to stripper bars when I was knee deep into lust and sexual sin and pornography. So, some of those marriages being destroyed and some of those men walking into those places are going to be guys who are attending church on Sunday. Right. I can tell you, um, so far, I have not been in a church that has openly talked about um, sex or anything like that, except for one. And they, um, they, a gentleman came here from, an, I think it was uh, Texas, and he was a, a prophetic teacher, and he was prophesying that some little kids were masturbating and watching porno and told them to come up and be delivered from it. Uh, that was the only time. And I know when um, when you came out here and you did that whole week, um, one-hour week, uh, I was letting all of the churches know about you and what you're what you do, and I was getting doors shut on me. Like, they were like, yeah, right, we're not going to do that. And I was just like, well, why not? Like, this is, if it, if any city needs to talk about this, it's definitely Las Vegas. And um, and I was just, they were just like, no, we, we're not going to talk about that stuff. And and I'm, I'm, uh, when you told me that you weren't getting any responses out here, I was blown away by that. I was just like, well, I mean... I don't really know what to say to that because there's definitely people listening, but people are definitely not not wanting to step up or say anything or get the help that they need. And if anybody can help them, it's this ministry. Mm. Well, and so that our listeners know, we did a in the first week of August, we did a billboard campaign. I think there was a dozen billboards mm-hmm. around Vegas that said, struggling with porn, you're not alone. So are two-thirds of the men in church and we ourselves, we mailed flyers to around 100 churches in Las Vegas. Plus, we partnered up with Alyssa and her radio station, and I did seven straight one-hour live broadcasts there. So it's just unfathomable to me that you can have churches in the middle of Sodom and not be talking about the issue, the thing there that is destroying so many lives. So what, what do you think is going on? I mean, honestly, I, I don't know if it's a veil that's over their eyes or, or, or you know, just just they're afraid maybe that they're going to lose people. And I think it's the opposite. I think if if pastors and churches would be willing to step up and step out on faith and speak up about these problems, then they're going to see that this is a real problem that, that they're having right there in their own church and uh, that they have the power... Uh, to to do something about it. Mm. Well, my take is that Satan has a spiritual stronghold at the top. Yes. And he attacks different ways. One way is fear. One way is the fear of man. Mm -hmm. Some will be in bondage themselves. And he knows how to say things like, well, all we do is do verse-by-verse teaching, and oh, well, you're not going to be touching on a sexual topic for the next three years from your plan, so this is what we do and this is all we do. And then my own personal passion is that 
if there's no prayer in the church, there's no power. Right. Well, I also think maybe it might also be that maybe some of the pastors might be having a problem, too, and if they if they bring it up in church, then they would have, feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit and, and have to come out and admit that they have a problem, too, because um, I, I can't imagine that there's no pastors that have this issue, or, or maybe they just think that porno is not that bad, big of a deal, or going and watching a woman stripping and not touching them isn't a big deal, or, you know, um, they, they're not hurting anybody, you know, so... Well, and I don't think you're far off there, because we do hear people in church, Christians, some who even come to us for help and say, well, I'm only looking at porn once a month, so what's, you know, what's the big deal? But right. if, if you ask your wife, well, is she going to be good with you committing adultery once a month? Is, how's that going to fly? Right. <clears throat> so you must be, you guys, I think there's three of you there. You must see your share of spiritual warfare. Do you have some stories on that, what that looks like? Well, I mean, at this station, uh, it's <laughs> the enemy hits us all the time, and it just blows my mind. Like, I, for just an example, a couple weeks ago, I had a, a, a show host come in to do his show, and all of the microphones were unplugged when his show started. And I'm just like, how does that even happen? Like, they just unplug themselves? I, I, I don't know. Um, and so we're constantly praying over the building, praying over the equipment, because, like, one minute something's working just fine, and another thing is breaking, and then so we get that fixed, and then another thing is breaking, and it's it's something that we already just fixed, like our computers are just acting crazy, and I'm like, I don't even understand what, what's going on with these computers, and um, it, it just, you know, it just blows my mind. But I can tell you, the things we see outside of these doors, God brings people to our doors all the time, especially the homeless, because there's a lot of homeless people that are around this area, and God brings them to our door, and I'm able to minister to them and pray with them and feed them. And um, So, uh, I mean, no matter what the enemy tries to throw at us, I know it's a part of God's plan, and I know that um, as long as we keep continuing to do what we're doing and, and walking in faith and lifting each other up and helping those that are coming um, and spreading the good news of the gospel, I know that we're going to be just fine. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I think you've told me stories where you've opened the door and there was a girl there right in front of the door. Oh, yeah. There was a, a right next door, the, the Eve, the, um, the Eve Cabaret or whatever you call it, um, a woman that was homeless would go there and she would strip for them and then she'd come and sleep in front of our door. Um, and I I was able to minister her to her and I was able to contact her family and I believe her family came and got her and she she was so young. She was like in her early 20s and I was just like, you don't have to do this. And we prayed together and, and I was able to talk to her mom and her sister and I did not see her after that, but her family thanks me for letting them know that she was out here doing this because they didn't even know. Oh. And and she said that she just was afraid to go home, you know. And so I think that that women out here, I get I get I hear that a lot. You know, the women they get scared to go home because they think their family is going to be 
ashamed of them or, or ashamed of what they've been doing, and so they'll they'll continue to degrade themselves and, and do things that they wouldn't normally do so that they could pay for the little food that they're getting. And I was just like, how are you, you know, how are you homeless? Like, aren't you making thousands of dollars? And she goes, well, they know I'm homeless, so they weren't really giving her that much money. They were just giving her enough, you know. And then there was a guy that was with her that was just taking all of her money. And I was just like, this guy is using you, you know, and he would take the money and go gamble it. And so he was homeless, too. And I'm just like, she goes, sometimes she'd make $1,000 a night, but she'd have no money because he would take it all from her. And um, anyway, I was able to, to get her home with her family. And I think that if God just keeps sending them here, then I'm just going to keep doing that, you know. getting. I've had a gentleman to do the same thing. I had a, a man come here, and he was homeless, and he was from another state, and he couldn't get back there. So we were able to help him get back there because God sent him to our front door. So. Mm. So how's your prayer life? Because yeah, I know we've talked, and I know the answer, but um, prayer is the source of our power and where you are. I am praying every single day. I have to, I have to get up every day and spend an hour with God and give Him my first fruits of the day. Um, and then I do the same thing at nighttime. I don't spend as much time, but I try to, you know, um, because, you know, it's so busy at nighttime, you know, really, you know, it's much harder. But I spend so much time in prayer and 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 meditating and fasting. Uh, it, it's one of the most important things that I do. And I think that it should, I think all Christians should think that too. Mm, amen. So <clears throat> how can people support you in what you're doing? Um, for one, they can get the word out. They can pray for us, and they can get the word out that what we're doing, because we're not just ministering to Las Vegas. Our ministry goes out to the world. Um, we have more and more people that are tuning in from Kenya and Australia, China, uh, and uh, they could uh, they could pray for us, and they could just get the word out and let everybody know, hey, that this is a good place where you can hear the good news of the gospel. And they could support the, the pastors that are on this station, not just financially. Financially is great. They do need financial help, but they need prayer, and they also need encouragement. What I'm finding is a lot of people want to get the good word, just like they go to church and they get the good word and they leave and they're happy. Well, that pastor in that church, they need encouragement. Now, these pastors here are taking money out of their own pocket and they're, they're paying every single week to be on this station so they can make sure that they get they go through the highways and the byways to give the good word of the gospel. And so um, when they don't hear from anybody, they get discouraged, you know what I mean? Um, especially our local pastors, because these guys aren't big shots. They don't get thousands and thousands of dollars from people because they're not Joyce Meyer, they're not... Charles Stanley, you know, they're, they're, they're just locals that want to give the good word and want to do the, what God has petitioned them to do, and then when they don't hear anything, they start questioning them, themselves. And so just just giving them a call and saying, hey, I really, really was touched by the words that you said, 
maybe even joining, not joining, but just just visiting their church and 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 letting them know, hey, I, I listen to you all the time, and you really help me. Um, that would really benefit the them and the station because if they leave, then we we can't keep our doors open. You know what I mean? Well, when I visited there, what struck me is at the time what I saw was a team of three women, all three who are spiritual warriors, right smack in the middle of Sodom, mm-hmm. being a lighthouse. And that's one reason why I, why I wanted you on today because I'm blessed to know you and I'm blessed to have been able to have a small part of what you're doing. And I think this is the position that every believer needs to be taking that we're not just going to church to feel comfortable right. or to be encouraged, but we need to go out and engage. And when I heard, when I saw that picture where they were boasting on destroying families, I didn't take that as the stripper part management saying that. I took that as Satan saying that, that, look, I'm destroying families and you're not doing nothing and I have no fear of a church right. like you, what you've become. Right, right. I'm surprised that the churches aren't picketing outside. Like, why? <laughs> this this shouldn't be okay. You know, like, why why is this okay in our in our city in our state? You know, like it's sad. This is wrong. They shouldn't be allowed to do that. And the p I, 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 I when I broke down, I was crying. I started praying. I pray in the name of Jesus that every single woman that goes through there will want to quit and will turn their lives over to you, you know. And just, I was, I was, when I saw that, I just was like, okay, it's time to pray right now. And I think that's what we all need to do. When we see something that is so degrading and so evil, it's time to pray. We need to remember that our our weapons, our prayer and our weapons and our our uh, our prayer life should be on our knees. Our war is on the knees and and praising the Lord. Amen. And with I've talked to ex porn actresses and interviewed one while we we're there, and they have told me that there's a lot of manipulation and coercion. Do you hear stories of like that with the stripper bar? Um, well, what I heard is is um, what they'll do is if a woman goes in there. And they want, they're interested in um, becoming a stripper. They'll give them a contract, and if they want, if they want to take that contract to an attorney before they sign it, they won't let them. Like mm. you just, you're going to sign this, or you're just going to not not work here. You know, so they're very, I mean, manipulative in that way. And then once they get them under their thumb, they they pretty much are, are stuck there. And then, of course, they, ha- they, they have the drug scene, so um, they get them addicted to the drugs, then they, they, they um, get them addicted to the money that they're making, and so they, they just don't want to leave. Their mindset is, well, look at how much money I'm making. And then you have the people that come from other states. So I hear that a lot of women will come from California and they'll spend a weekend here and make $4,000 and then um, go back to where they're from and they do that like once a month to pay their bills. And so um, we got women from other states coming here to to make their money um, real quick. And so it, they they see the money and, the, and they think that 
makes it worth it. And um, the ones that are here locally, I hear too many stories of women that come go in there and just want to make a quick buck and get stuck. Mm. They just don't. They don't leave. They they stay because they're addicted to the drugs. They're addicted to the lights. They're addicted to the attention, um, and they're addicted to the money. Mm. Well, Lisa, <clears throat> I want to thank you for doing this. And so now, mm-hmm. with the thirty seconds we have left, anything you want to say? I pray that people will start stepping up and admitting their problem, and and they'll start um, contacting this ministry and seeking help, the help that they need. Well, thank you, and I, you may not hear this enough, but thank you for what you, you and the other ladies are doing there. I just think it's marvelous and so very much needed, and I have a lot of respect for you and thank you. for all that you're doing there. So, um, thank you. I appreciate that. And I pray for you daily myself. So Thank you. We need it. <laughs> well, thank you, my friends. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Do you want to be free? Blazing Grace is a nonprofit international ministry for the sexually broken and the spouse. Please visit us at blazinggrace.org for information on Mike Janung's books, groups, counseling, or to have Mike speak at your organization. You can email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call our office in Chandler, Arizona at 719-888-5144. Again, visit us at blazinggrace.org. Email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call the office at 719-888-5144.